It's the holiest day on the Jewish calendar and is filled with prophetic significance. Today, the secrets of Yom Kippur revealed and how they apply to you on Jewish Voice. Hello and welcome to Jewish Voice, a program to help you to understand the Jewish roots of your Christian faith, Bible prophecy, and world events surrounding Israel. Well, autumn is finally here, and it's my favorite time of the year. The trees are in bloom. The weather is finally getting cooler, which, by the way, is a refreshing relief from the heat of the summer, especially here in Phoenix, Arizona. Now, autumn also marks the season known as the fall feasts on the Jewish or Hebrew calendar. This week marks the second fall feast, or Moed, literally the appointed time, Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. This is the holiest day of the year, the day the children of Israel were commanded to atone for their sins before the Lord. This week I'll be exploring the solemn festival, its biblical observance, its New Testament significance, and its prophetic fulfillment. Learn about your Jewish roots of your faith today on Jewish Voice. This week, Jewish communities all around the world are observing Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Now, this is the holiest day of the year. It's the second of the fall feasts. Now, let me explain what that means. When you look at Leviticus 23, which has the cycle of feasts for the year, according to the Hebrew or Jewish calendar or the Lord's calendar, you have first of all the sabbath and the specific details of observing the sabbath as a weekly cycle so the seventh day the memorial of creation and then you have three feasts that are sp the spring feast beginning with the first month the month of nisan which i've i've taught about the, and you have these three consecutive feasts you have passover first fruits and shavuot or pentecost which of course we uh, we know is connected with Acts chapter two. So these three feasts, the spring feasts, I believe are directly connected with the first coming of the Messiah. He came as the Passover lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He rose again on first fruits, the first fruits of life from the dead. And then the Holy Spirit is poured out on Shavuot, uh, the, the um, the Pentecost, the, the, the 50th day. And then you have a, a, a period where the, it's, it's dark. There's no feast at all. You have this, this period in between. And then you have what's known as the fall feast that begin with the seventh month. So you have the first month feast, and then you have the seventh month feast, the, the month of Tishri, uh, which begins with uh, what is now known as Rosh Hashanah. I talked about that uh, in a previous teaching, but this is really the feast of Yom Teruah, the day of the blowing of the shofar, the trumpets. Teruah is actually a noise that is connected with the blowing of the shofar. And then you have a 10-day period in between Yom Teruah and the next fall feast, which is Yom Kippur. These 10 days, actually nine days before the 10th day 
observance of Yom Kippur are known as the Days of Awe. Now, the Days of Awe are a time of preparation. They're a time that we uh, are introspective, we search our heart before the Lord, and we're preparing ourselves to atone for our sins. We're preparing to meet with the Lord. Uh, and then we have the, the most solemn uh, day of the year, Yom Kippur. Now, Yom Kippur comes from the Hebrew Kippurah, which literally means to cover. I brought with me two examples of something called a kippah. I'm sure you've seen this. Uh, we wear this when we're in the synagogue, and this is another one, a bigger version, uh, both from Israel. But uh, in Orthodox and conservative synagogues, the men cover their heads, and the more observant will actually keep their heads covered all the time. And this word kippah is to cover. The kippah or the yarmulke is actually a head covering. And uh, kippura is related to the word that's translated ransom or to redeem. The idea is that we're atoning by offering a substitute. I know that sounds very familiar. We're going to be talking about the connection to the New Testament. But in one of the famous Hebrew prayer books or Jewish prayer books, uh, we read this. It says, On Rosh Hashanah, their destiny is inscribed, and on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, it is sealed. How many shall pass away, and how many shall be brought into existence? Who shall live, and who shall die? Who shall become poor, and who shall become rich? Now listen to this one. Who shall be lowered, and who shall be raised? It's amazing, huh? In a Jewish prayer book read in the synagogue, how many shall be lowered, and how many shall be raised? It reminds me of the book of Daniel, where it says, many who sleep in the dust or have died will be resurrected, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting shame and contempt. What's it talking about? It's talking about the reality of a heaven and a hell. And this is hinted at in some of the prayer books like, like this one read in the synagogue. Now, most or many Jewish people will fast on Yom Kippur from sunset to sunset and then traditionally break the fast with dairy products. Uh, that's just a traditional observance. But fasting is directly connected to the scriptural command to deny your souls. And we'll look at the, the, the scripture now uh, in Leviticus chapter 23, which is the cycle of the feast. And again, you have the spring feast connected with the first coming of Messiah, Passover, first fruits, Shavuot or Pentecost, and then you have this break. And then the seventh month, you have the fall feast, which this is the second, and then it will culminate in Shavuot. And I believe that these feasts, which I'll talk about a little bit later, are connected to the return of the Messiah. So the feasts are types, they're shadows. They're road signs of the redemptive work of the Messiah, both in his first coming as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, but also in his return as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And together, his first coming and his return make up God's redemptive plan for mankind that's carried out only in the person 
of Jesus, Yeshua. He is Messiah. He is Savior. He's King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. And he is God's only plan of redemption. He's God's only plan of atonement. He's God's only plan to forgive sin once and for all. Yeshua himself, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We remember that on Yom Kippur when we talk about covering or atonement or redemption because there's no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved or redeemed than the person of Yeshua. We believe that here at Jewish Voice, and that's why we exist as a ministry ultimately. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. The biblical observance of Yom Kippur comes from Leviticus chapter 16 and Leviticus 23. We're going to look at both of those scriptures. Let's begin in Leviticus chapter 23, beginning in verse 26. And, and I'll read this to you. It says, The Lord said to Moses, The tenth day of the seventh month. The tenth day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. Hold a sacred assembly and deny yourselves and present a food offering to the Lord. So here's where we get the idea of fasting, where we're told to deny ourselves. And the rabbis have understood this to mean uh, fasting. No food, no, no water. You're not consuming anything. You're not doing anything that you enjoy. You're doing no work. It's a Shabbaton. It's a day of rest. So do not do any work on that day, verse 28, because it is the day of atonement when atonement is made for you before the Lord your God. And then verse 29, those who do not deny themselves on that day must be cut off from their people. I will destroy from among their people anyone who does any work on that day. Look at the severity of this. Look at the significance of this. God is being very clear. This is a day set aside. This is a day that you're not to do anything ordinary. This is a day that you must observe. Verse 31, you shall do no work at all. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. It is a day of Sabbath rest for you, and you must deny yourself. From the evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening, you are to observe your Sabbath. And then this repeats again in Leviticus 16. Now we'll go into more detail in just a moment. Here at Jewish Voice, we are dedicated to proclaiming the gospel, the good news that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah, to the Jew first and also to the nations. One way we do this is by providing life-saving medical help to some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world as we share God's love and the good news that Jesus is their true Messiah. Today, we are preparing for our next medical clinic to bless a remarkable tribe in Gondar, Ethiopia, the Beta Israel, a lovely but persecuted people who have been practicing distinctly Jewish customs for centuries. Today, we urgently need your help to equip and fund this vital outreach. Will you be a blessing to these suffering Jewish people? Time is literally running out for many of the most vulnerable there, especially infants and toddlers. 
Without our immediate help, some of these precious sons and daughters of Abraham may die needlessly for lack of basic medical care. But you can help save them. But we must act now. Call or click right now to share life-saving help. And we'll say thank you by sending you the full DVD presentation by Jonathan Burness that expands on and extends the teaching you saw on today's broadcast. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement on DVD. Plus, our exclusive Biblical Feast tent cards to help you discover the significance of each of the Jewish feasts. And if God has blessed you with the means to share a gift of $100 or more to help bless some of the neediest Jewish people on earth, we have even more gifts to share as an expression of our gratitude. In addition to the two resources just mentioned, we'll also send you a beautiful and inspiring work of art, a three-dimensional replica of the Ark of the Covenant carried by members of the priestly tribe of Levi. To share a gift in support of this vital outreach and request your thank you resources, please call, click, or write now. And remember, your generous gift will make you a part of extending life-saving medical help to some very needy Jewish people. Once again, time is of the essence for many of these people. Please call, write, or click right now. So there are four specific commands in Leviticus 23 connected to Yom Kippur. First of all, you're to hold a sacred assembly. Now we see this on the most significant uh, Moedim, the most significant appointed times. The children of Israel were to, be, were to gather together in sacred assembly. In the wilderness, this was around the tent of meeting or the, the, uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness. And of course, later in Jerusalem, it was to gather in the temple, the great temple, which of course Yeshua ministered in uh, before it was destroyed in 70 AD. So you hold a sacred assembly, number one. Number two, deny yourselves, deny yourselves. Now, the rabbis had, have interpreted this as, as fasting, as uh, uh, not dressing very comfortably, uh, maybe in ancient times, sackcloth and ashes, which were a, a, a sign of repentance. But the scripture simply tells us you deny yourselves on the Day of Atonement. Three, the command was to present an offering before the Lord. And there's very specific uh, requirements for the offering, which we're going to look at. And then four, do no work. This is a Sabbath or more accurately, a Shabbaton, a time where you're not to do any work. So these four things are commanded in Scripture. The Jewish people today do three out of the four. The rabbis had to change one thing, okay? Sacrifices. Because when the temple was destroyed, no more sacrifices. And to this day, how do Jewish people atone for their, their sins, not only on Yom Kippur, but throughout the year. There's no temple, there's no sacrificial system, there's no priesthood. And the answer is that after the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, the Jewish people, the, the, the rabbis had to actually create a Judaism that is different from the Judaism of Scripture. The Judaism of Scripture 
requires sacrifice. The Judaism of Scripture has an ordained priesthood. The Judaism of Scripture has a place of, a central place of worship, the tabernacle and later the temple. Well, with the temple destroyed, the rabbis determined that, uh, th that there's now three things that are paramount to repentance, to atonement, rather. First of all, prayer, tefillah, prayer. Uh, and it's mostly liturgical prayer. If you look at a, a siddur, a Hebrew prayer book, it's mostly liturgical prayer. Growing up in synagogue, I read from the siddur, and I remember when I went to a Christian meeting and they asked us to actually pray spontaneously. I, I had absolutely no idea what to do because prayer uh, for us as Jews was to read responsively from the Siddur, both Hebrew and English, some are responsive reading, but, but prayers that are written down. Uh, so prayer mostly is liturgical. And then secondly, repentance, repentance. Teshuva, we repent of our sins. We ask God to forgive us, and there's very beautiful and elaborate prayers on Yom Kippur that have to do with repentance, corporate repentance, individual repentance. And then the last thing is good deeds, mitzvot or charity, tzedakah. Maybe some of you have seen the colorful box that you put coins in. It's called a tzedakah box. It's for charity. And so these three things now are make up the, the, uh, re the system of, of atonement in Judaism. So the, uh, you have three of the four being observed on Yom Kippur. But, the, but the, the fourth one is absolutely essential. And when you look specifically at the details of Yom Kippur, the sacrifices, the actual animal sacrifices that had to be made were absolutely central to the, the observance of Yom Kippur. And, and, and all of the feasts of the Lord you have various sacrifices that are absolutely essential to the correct observance of these appointed times. So the problem is that there is no more sacrifice. And when you look at Leviticus 17.11, which is a, a, a foundational verse, you see that there must be blood atonement. There needs to be sacrifice. Here's what it says in Leviticus 17:11 the life of the flesh i know it by heart it's so critical the life of the flesh is in the blood and i have given it to you to make atonement for your souls or for your sins and this the context of this is you should never consume blood it, it's absolutely forbidden to have consume anything with blood in it to drink blood or eat blood sausage we drain the animals completely in the, in the biblical system of kashrut or dietary laws because blood represents the life. And without the blood, here's what it says, there is no atonement. This is so critical and something that's missing today in a rabbinic system of atonement through prayer and good deeds and repentance. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And you see this from the very, very beginning when God puts Adam and Eve in the garden and he tells them be fruitful and multiply. But one thing that you can't do is eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they sinned when they disobeyed God. There was a blood atonement. How do we know that? 
We know that because in their own human efforts to cover themselves, they had the, the, the fig leaves, and God said, no, this is not acceptable, and he covered them with what? With animal skins. That meant an animal had to be put to death for the sins of Adam and Eve, so they could be what? Kippura, so they could be covered. When Noah uh, gave thanks to God for the receding of the waters after the flood, we're told that he made blood sacrifice and God cut a covenant or made a covenant with Noah. Now listen to this. This is before the law of Moses. This is before Old Testament law, right? Noah sacrificed animals and there was the shedding of blood, Leviticus 17, 11. This is the life of the flesh and this is God's plan for atonement, redemption, or covering. Here at Jewish Voice, we are dedicated to proclaiming the gospel, the good news that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah, to the Jew first and also to the nations. One way we do this is by providing life-saving medical help to some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world as we share God's love and the good news that Jesus is their true Messiah. Today, we are preparing for our next medical clinic to bless a remarkable tribe in Gondar, Ethiopia, the Beta Israel, a lovely but persecuted people who have been practicing distinctly Jewish customs for centuries. Today, we urgently need your help to equip and fund this vital outreach. Will you be a blessing to these suffering Jewish people? Time is literally running out for many of the most vulnerable there, especially infants and toddlers. Without our immediate help, some of these precious sons and daughters of Abraham may die needlessly for lack of basic medical care. But you can help save them. But we must act now. Call or click right now to share life-saving help. And we'll say thank you by sending you the full DVD presentation by Jonathan Burness that expands on and extends the teaching you saw on today's broadcast. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement on DVD. Plus, our exclusive Biblical Feast tent cards to help you discover the significance of each of the Jewish feasts. And if God has blessed you with the means to share a gift of $100 or more to help bless some of the neediest Jewish people on earth, we have even more gifts to share as an expression of our gratitude. In addition to the two resources just mentioned, we'll also send you a beautiful and inspiring work of art, a three-dimensional replica of the Ark of the Covenant carried by members of the priestly tribe of Levi. To share a gift in support of this vital outreach and request your thank you resources, please call, click, or write now. And remember, your generous gift will make you a part of extending life-saving medical help to some very needy Jewish people. Once again, time is of the essence for many of these people. Please call, write, or click right now. I'm here in Capernaum, Kfar Nahum, the village of Nahum. 
and actually this is one of the oldest synagogues in Israel. This is where Yeshua, Jesus, began his public ministry. Just below me, just a few feet below me, is the original first century synagogue that he began his public ministry and fulfilled Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, that the people in darkness, because Galilee was a region that was, it was Jerusalem where everything was happening, the center of spiritual life, and what good thing can come out of Galilee? This was a, 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 an area that was insignificant, and yet it was out of Galilee that the Messiah was to come, and this is where Yeshua, Jesus, began his public ministry. These pillars, this row of pillars, actually at one time supported a balcony because in Jewish worship, the men and women are separated, so the men would be seated down here and the women would be on the second level. And these uh, actually at one time supported that balcony where the women would be separated from the men uh, during the time of worship and they would bring out the Torah scroll and read from the Torah scroll. Uh, Jesus read from uh, the Torah scroll uh, 2,000 years ago from Isaiah 61 and declared the word of God according to the prophets is fulfilled among you. And that happened here in Galilee in this very synagogue almost 2,000 years ago. Imagine celebrating the miraculous power of the Passover against the breathtaking backdrop of the sparkling Eastern Caribbean Sea on board a luxurious Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Rejoice at the Messianic Passover Seder led by Rabbi Jonathan Burness, remembering God's mighty hand delivered the Jewish people from bondage. Worship because the miracle held a mystery revealed and completed in Yeshua, Jesus, the Passover Lamb, an ultimate sacrifice for our sins. This is the Jewish Voice seven-day Passover cruise on the turquoise waters of the Eastern Caribbean and the enchanting white sand islands of St. Martin, St. Thomas, and Nassau, Bahamas. You don't want to miss the beauty, worship, and celebration as we share the mystery and the miracle of the Passover on the seas. Join Jonathan Burness and Jewish Voice April 16th through 23rd, 2016. Cabin Space is limited. Book now for the best rooms and rates. Call or click today. Since 1967, Jewish Voice has been dedicated to proclaiming the good news that Yeshua, Jesus, is Messiah and Savior to the Jew first and also to the nations. Now, one way that we do this is by helping some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world. We've been able to demonstrate God's love by providing these people with medical care, with eye care, dental care, and it's all completely free of charge. But most importantly, we share the gospel. And it's because of your faithful support that we're able to make a difference in their lives. But we need your help. Will you be a part of saving lives, of transforming lives, and blessing desperate Jewish people by sharing a generous gift today? Now, if your answer is yes, we have some very special ways of saying thank you today. I've selected some helpful and encouraging resources that I'd like to send you. Just call, click, or write now to share and request them. And remember, your generous gift will be used to help some of the most impoverished and needy Jewish people in the world. Hey, by the way, we're on Facebook. You can check us out 
by going to facebook.com slash Jewish Voice and just like us on Facebook and we'll keep you updated on all that's going on here at Jewish Voice. Well, as I leave you today, I want to remind you, as I do in every program, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The Bible says, they shall prosper that love thee. Until next time, this is Jonathan Bernus saying shalom and God bless you. Jewish Voice is made possible by the support of friends and partners like you.